Chapter 16 Subtract Bring forth more by removing obstacles. To attain knowledge, add things every day. To attain wisdom, subtract things every day. Lao Tzu In the business parable, The Goal, Alex Rogo is a fictional character who is overwhelmed by the responsibility of turning around a failing production plant within three months. At first, he does not see how this is possible. Then he is mentored by a professor who tells him he can make incredible progress in a short time if only he can find the plant's constraints. Constraints, he is told, are the obstacles holding the whole system back. Even if he improves everything else in the plant, his mentor tells him, if he doesn't address the constraints, the plant will not materially improve. As Alex is trying to make sense of what he is being taught, he goes on a hike with his son and some other friends. As the scout leader, it's his responsibility to get all of the boys to the campsite before the sun sets. But as anyone who has been on such a hike knows, getting a group of young boys to keep up a pace is more difficult than it sounds, and Alex soon runs into a problem. Some of the scouts go really fast and others go really slow. One boy in particular, Herbie, is the slowest of all. The result is that the gap between the hikers at the front of the line and Herbie, the straggler, grows to be miles long. At first, Alex tries to manage the problem by getting the group at the front to stop and wait for the others to catch up. This keeps the group together for a time, but the moment they start walking again, the same gap begins to form all over again. So Alex decides to try a different approach. He puts Herbie at the front of the pack, and lines up all the other boys in order of speed, slowest to fastest. It's counterintuitive to have the fastest person at the back of the line, but the moment he does it, the pack begins to move in a single group. Every boy can keep up with the boy in front of him. The upside is that he can now keep an eye on the whole group at once, and they will all arrive at the campsite safely and at the same time. The downside is that the whole troop is now moving at Herbie's pace, so they will arrive late. So what should he do? The answer, Alex finds, is to do anything and everything to make things easier for Herbie. With the slowest boy at the front of the line, if Herbie moves one yard an hour faster, the whole troop will get there that much faster. That is an amazing insight to Alex. Any improvement with Herbie, however small, will improve the pace of the whole team immediately. So he actually takes weight out from Herbie's backpack, the extra food and supplies he brought with him, and distributes it throughout the rest of the group. And indeed, this instantly improves the speed of the whole group. They make it to camp in good time. In a moment of insight, Alex sees how this approach could also be applied to turning around his production plant. Instead of trying to improve every aspect of the facility, he needs to identify the Herbie the part of the process that is slower relative to every other part of the plant. He does this by finding which machine has the biggest queue of materials waiting behind it, and finds a way to increase its efficiency. This in turn improves the next slowest hiker's efficiency, and so on, until the productivity of the whole plant begins to improve. The question is this. What is the slowest hiker in your job or your life? What is the obstacle that is keeping you back from achieving what really matters to you? 
By systematically identifying and removing this constraint, you'll be able to significantly reduce the friction keeping you from executing what is essential. But this can't be done in a haphazard way. Simply finding things that need fixing here and there might lead to marginal short-term improvements at best. At worst, you'll waste time and effort improving things that don't really matter. But if you really want to improve the overall functioning of the system, whether that system is a manufacturing process, a procedure in your department, or some routine in your daily life, you need to identify the slowest hiker. A non-essentialist approaches execution in a reactive, haphazard manner. Because the non-essentialist is always reacting to crises, rather than anticipating them, he is forced to apply quick-fix solutions, the equivalent to plugging his finger into the hole of a leaking dam and hoping the whole thing doesn't burst. Being good with a hammer, the non-essentialist thinks everything is a nail. Thus he applies more and more pressure, but this ends up only adding more friction and frustration. Indeed, in some situations, the harder you push on someone, the harder he or she will push back. Essentialists don't default to band-aid solutions. Instead of looking for the most obvious or immediate obstacles, they look for the ones slowing down progress. They ask, what is getting in the way of achieving what is essential? While the non-essentialist is busy applying more and more pressure and piling on more and more solutions, the essentialist simply makes a one-time investment in removing obstacles. This approach goes beyond just solving problems. It's a method of reducing your efforts to maximize your results. A non-essentialist piles on quick-fix solutions. An essentialist removes obstacles to progress. A non-essentialist does more. An essentialist brings forth more. Produce more by removing more. Aristotle talked about three kinds of work, whereas in our modern world, we tend to emphasize only two. The first is theoretical work, for which the end goal is truth. The second is practical work, where the objective is action. But there is a third. It is poetical work. The philosopher Martin Heidegger described poiesis as a bringing forth. This third type of work is the essentialist way of approaching execution. 